0: This is Michael Waits, and welcome back to the Asia Tech Podcast. I feel cursed with names, but today we are happy to welcome Matis Danielevicius. Well,
1: kind of, yeah. Tell da- me.
0: Daniel <clears throat> Danielevicius. Uh,
1: yeah, that's pretty good.
0: Which is from where? Lithuania?
1: Yes, right, yeah.
0: And you know, I actually looked at the map to find out where Lithuania was today. I mean, you and I have known each other for a long time, probably longer than you remember. But I looked at the map today I didn't realize where it was exactly
1: oh really so but
0: it's, it's really far north.
1: well yeah, it is quite far north. I mean uh, still kind of Eastern Europe Europe you know yeah but, but when I
0: think of Eastern Europe, I think of like here's Poland mm. kind of thing and go east mm-hmm. right or here's Italy and Spain and just go east, right but it's way further north than I expected, no?
1: Well, yeah, it kind of strokes our ego as well. You know, we like to think our, of ourselves as Northern a northern, 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 northern kind <laughs> of thing. Because, well, yeah, you know, culturally and, and language-wise, we are a bit different than other Eastern European countries. Whatever know, that so means, but yeah. So it, it, it's kind of, um, you know, we have a term for it. It's called Baltic states, you know. So we have three Baltic states, which is uh, Lithuania, Latvia, and Estonia. Um, and we are kind of three
0: of the kind you know yeah estonia we can talk a little bit about estonia too and all the e-citizenship yeah what's going on in the baltics that's so progressive
1: i think you know well it it comes from uh, necessity we are quite small countries you know so and in the size of uh, population of the land you know so we have to be uh, creative in the way how we compete with other countries and creating gateways and creating um, space for people to innovate is quite um, a unique competitive advantage you know so let's say lithuania is
0: how many people in lithuania uh, around three million okay so not a lot not small than singapore
1: yeah it is, is a, and this is basically the direction it could go and uh, now lithuania is heading towards uh, being a gateway for fintech companies to enter europe um, and there's a lot of uh, innovation in that space. There's a lot of things happening, you know, uh, related to fintech. Why? Mm, this is the kind of uh, a way I think that the, the government is supporting as well, um, and it makes it easy for new companies, let's say, from Asia to enter into European market, you know, to get the euro license and other things. So the ecosystem and the environment there is pretty um, supportive,
0: and is Lithuania is part of the European Union? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are part. So of, the currency is euro. If I go to yes. there, I just use the same currency as in France. Yes, right. Yeah. Huh, Okay. And has it always been that way? Like, how old are you? Well, I am soon seventy-two. Be, or? Yeah,
1: seventy-two. <laughs> I'm soon gonna be thirty-five.
0: Oh my God! So what does that mean? When I met you, you were like fourteen or something.
1: Uh, yeah, 15? kind of, kind of. Yeah, probably. So when when we met, maybe six years ago, <clears throat> seven, five years More. ago. More? Do you
0: remember so coming into my apartment? you were selling cinnamon bridge back then
1: uh yeah we we met in
0: m quartier was it in m quartier yeah yeah what in true sphere maybe
1: yeah 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 yeah. i I think so that was our first meeting wow cinnamon bridge yeah uh, food and beverage acceleration
0: (laughs) but it just means that look if you were doing cinnamon bridge then you'd come from london right if i remember correctly so you had been doing this acceleration tech stuff forever no
1: Uh, Well, you know, for me, because I work with my friends, high school friends, you know, you know, Kaz and Eustace. I can't um,
0: believe you've known those guys since high school. Like, do you ever come to fisticuffs? Do you know what I mean? Like, Um, I've just had enough of you guys, because that's like 20 or more years that you've known both of them. Yeah, around that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Of course. I mean, it's it's kind of uh, always like this, you know, but I think (laughs) we've learned to deal with it. So uh, it kind of works. Uh, but basically, these guys were in London, and I started to work while I was in Thailand, you know. So I came to Thailand with a, a little bit different plan.
0: I always forget this. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah,
1: and, uh, and basically my whole career, you know, like professional working is in Thailand. So I'm having this kind of unique uh, thing you know that i'm a foreigner who started to work in thailand and do things in
0: thailand but what were you doing before you got to thailand Then you weren't still in school were you, were you getting a master's degree I, or something
1: I, yeah i was studying so i was studying acting in uk i graduated you know i stayed one more year and then i moved to thailand you are cursed
0: with being ridiculously handsome like how do you deal with this on a daily basis well you know, i used to <laughs> say th- <laughs> no but i used to say this to um to one of these women that worked at ubs we went on this like off-site this was one of the big benefits of working at these big financial services companies that once a year, twice a year, you would leave the building and go to like a resort somewhere. In this case, we went to Okinawa or I can't remember where, Guam, something like that. So we went to an island, rented like most of a hotel, and we sat around and did all these sort of offside style conversations. But there was you know, there was this one woman there and I said to her, just like I said to you, like what's it like going through what's it like going through life? Just being so easy to look at because <laughs> well, look at the way I look. <laughs> Do you know what I mean
1: For me, you look handsome. You know?
0: Let's <laughs> <So. laughs> well, stop it. Um, I sound good, but I definitely don't look good for sure. Anyway, so you were studying acting.
1: Yes. So um, I think you know, like uh, everyone perceives themselves uh, in a certain way um and you know yeah i I do like myself it gives me confidence yeah that could be one of the small reasons why i wanted to study acting at the beginning a little bit more shallow reason you know but in general um yeah so i was studying acting um and uh, it helped me a lot you know it helped me to find myself it helped me to 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 grow up you know to do the research and um
0: do you feel like it also gives you a certain amount of poise and self-awareness, right? In the sense that when you're not on stage, you're still presenting yourself.
1: Well, that, no? yes and no. I think that for me, you know, it, it, oh, that could be a very long topic. You know, what is acting? What is being on stage? What is performance? You know, if you're running in the park, let's say, and uh, people are watching you running, right. are you performing or not? I am. You so know? this morning for I was... Whom? Is it no, like, but, <laughs> no,
0: but you're right, though. This morning I was running... I feel a responsibility, we haven't spoken about this, but I feel some kind of responsibility, like some kind of international ambassador for people that aren't from this country. And I haven't lived in my home country in 30 years. So I felt like when I was on the street in Japan, walking, driving, running, riding my motorcycle, and the same thing in Thailand, that I am the representation of people that come from where I come from. So if I misbehaved or did something wrong or had a scowl on my face, that that was the representation that they got for where they perceived that I was from.
1: Yeah, I I do get that as well. I mean, I I I am in the way that that myself, so I think, you know, it it pushes me to keep, like, a a higher standard, uh, at least publicly, you know, to to behave uh, as I I want to be uh, bringing and being ambassador, you know, of Lithuania, of being a foreigner or something that... um, builds and unites rather than makes people, you know, aware of that, oh, this person disregards culture and right, uh, right, right. and other things. And I think related to your previous question, you know, studying acting kind of mm, for me it it builds like a skill set uh, I think so. In in your kind of in invisible space you know in your imagination so while you study acting you learn how to build tools and techniques that are with you all the time and you can apply it all the time i think so you know and that is related to awareness um that is related to meditation let's say as well you know and uh, it helps you to not necessarily perform all the time but if you have to you're ready you know so it's kind of uh, it,
0: it. you know how when you have these friends that are good at like football European mm. football or good at basketball or good at tennis and you know they play but you've never seen them play but you know they have it in them but then one day they you know they just invite you to come to their football game and you're like wait a second that guy's really skilled at football like I can't believe he did that with the ball kind of thing and then you think about that guy in a different way do you know what I mean
1: yeah yeah I mean it's, it's
0: just hmm. kind of um I'm just saying because I saw you in a play once
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I Do you remember. remember? Yeah, yeah. And the remember.
0: way that theater is, and I love this kind of theater actually because it's almost like immersive. Like I felt like I was not in the audience; I felt like I was in the play. Oh, that
1: sounds cool. You know, it's uh, the the thing is, I never see myself on stage. You know, it's always, that's the point, though, right? Because yeah.
0: you see yourself as that thing, and I think that becoming that character was so powerful. But I also think that. Like I said, when you see that guy in the football game or when you see that guy in the show, you have to think about them in a different way because now you understand. You know, I could just say to you, like, you know, I I play chess in the park. That's neat. But until you see me playing like four guys and winning all the games and stuff, you can't understand how good I am. Right. So I knew you were an actor, but I didn't know you could act. Now now I know.
1: I, I, thanks for the but you know what I mean though you know? right yeah yeah I yeah, know I understand and it feels good You know, <laughs> it feels good to get this feedback
0: but I think that there's a certain amount of and there's a through line I think in everything right I always like to tell stories of who you are in the context of what you do acting is one of the things that you do but I don't think you can separate those things from the other things that you do is that oh, fair I,
1: I think yeah and, and, and I think there's no need to separate because Agreed. it adds value you know that's it, my it, point though yeah
0: that's my point, though, right? So a lot of people, they want to talk about, like, just their acting or just their race car driving or just their tennis playing. But all of those things that you do combine to make you you. And they can't be separated from all of the other things that you do, like, you know, whatnot or Gaudai or any of the other things that you have because you're taking little bits and pieces of all those things and putting them into the other things that you're doing, no?
1: No, you're absolutely right. And I think, you know... It is, I think, uh, in my personal opinion, it is good to learn to separate things, you know, to understand where is home, where is work, where is family, this, this, and that. But in general, it is whole. You know, it's whole you. <laughs> yeah, it's like, all you do, you know. And if you do good in one thing, you can add that knowledge into the other thing and replicate and learn and combine, you know. So that's
0: what I'm trying to do. Yeah, I mean, when I was working at Goldman Sachs, they used to talk about, or I used to listen to conversations about work-life balance. Mm. And I always struggled to understand, like, where was the line? Because if you've ever seen the movie Goodfellas, Mm -hmm. what was the work-life balance for those guys? They were always always with the same people. They were always kind of working. When they weren't working, they were talking about work. When they weren't working, they were at the weddings of the guys that they worked with. And for me, when I was at Goldman, it was the same thing. But even today, right, you look at what you do. We can talk about God. I, we can talk about whatnot. We can talk about acting. It's a really small group. Of, like, where's the little work-life balance? Isn't there just like a balance?
1: Well, and because you
0: is- said before, you said separating this, this, and that. Mm. You have to know what it is, right? Like when you're with your family, you're with your family, but you're talking to your brother, or your sister, or your mom about acting.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I like in personal relationship for people around me. Sometimes might be challenging because you know I I am it's kind not of just li- you, limiting you know to <laughs> what I'm sharing because it's just so many things. But um, you know I think that uh, doing this kind of creative work, especially like okay, so if we do a startup, hopefully we build a team that we stay for a long time. But let's say we do a theater film uh, play or a film, you have to assemble a team quickly that people come from different walks of life do something together for a couple of months and disappear. But it's intense
0: though, right? It's It's super intense, intense, right? And I think this is the thing in a way, and maybe you won't understand this because you haven't experienced this, but maybe you have. In a way, it reminds me of summer camp. Mm. I used to go to summer camp for one month. Mm. And I used to feel like the intensity of those four weeks was so hard to replicate. And while you were there, there was like this vortex, that felt like that was the center of the universe. It's got to be the same thing for a play is, or for I mean, a movie yo, I, I, or a I show. Could, I could
1: talk about it so much. You know, this is in general the, the whole theater experience because once you build a play, okay, so you work intensely, okay, from six to two to one month. You know, very hard work with new group of people, right. and then you make few shows, and then it dies. You know, it disappears. So if people see it, they see it. If it's not, it's gone forever. You but know? do you
0: feel like do you feel like during that time, you become super close with the people that are there? But then, when it dies, that not the friendship, but that relationship kind of dies as well. Not not on purpose, but because the lead goes back to doing her job, you go back to doing your thing. The director goes to New York to do another play, kind of thing. And there's no real time to maintain. The reason why I ask is because I listen to Mark Marin's podcast. Yeah, WTF, and all he does is talk to people in show business, mm. mostly comedians, comics but also actors, directors, producers, stuff like that. And very late in life, he started acting, being in movies, being in plays, right? Mm. he's like, I became such close friends, but then we don't talk to each other at all.
1: I think that, yeah, so I think, again, philosophy, you know? Uh, the thing is that you, that's why you need to learn to appreciate the moment because you can't you can't take the people with you all the way you meet so many people and these days we have so many channels you know from social media to other mediums to running in the park running buddy uh, dining buddies you know friends family uh, people you work with multiple projects pro- project lifespan could be a few months to a few years you meet people people are rotating but that's why it, it at least for me it's about being in the moment so you stay in that moment even briefly if it's a month or a week but if you give yourself you leave the impression and you might affect someone's life in a positive way and you know comparing it to the summer camp let's say building a play you also build a product or a film you know you build something that out of that vortex you have some something that people you might affect people's life forever, you know, and this is the magic that I love because you you have this power, you know.
0: Have you made a movie? I want to make a movie so badly.
1: Yes, so um, that's another topic, you know. And but uh, have you? Yes, uh, just last year. So now I'm I'm going through the festival circus
0: uh, circuit. Uh, wait a second though. So you work at whatnot. I really want to understand. all this. Okay. <laughs> wait a second. So you work at whatnot. It's an accelerator. What would you call it? In- oh, an incubator? A venture, studio. A venture builder, yeah, venture, yeah, venture, a venture studio, builder,
1: startup studio.
0: I'm struggling to understand like whether it really makes a difference. We can talk about that. Oh, right. like, yeah, no, yeah. But, but, and you can tell me where, where i misunderstand So let's just call it a startup studio. Mm-hmm. Okay. But you do that. I saw you in a play, so I know you do that. You run your own startup, Gaudai. And actually, once I figured out or you told me what the name meant, I felt silly for not knowing at the beginning. <laughs> right? Because I know numbers. And oh, I, that, yeah, it's tight. Mm. And I know Rai because mm. I see it on signs every day. I'm like, oh, God, I can't believe I asked that question kind of thing. We'll get to that in a second, too. But you also made a movie. Yes. I really want to understand this because I really want to make a movie.
1: Okay. So But go uh, ahead. I will I'll try to be brief and explain in that whole I don't want a appear a person who does too many things, you know, because no, 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 I no, no, do no. many things, but But they're all connected. It, it, so exactly, don't, don't, exactly. That's the Yeah <laughs> but don't
0: apologize for this. Because I get the same thing and I don't mean to interrupt you, but I get the same thing all the time. Why are you involved in so many things? And I feel like I have to carry a whiteboard with me. Yeah. Because I, I, if I draw it out, it's all related go ahead
1: exactly that's that's my point and it's all <clears> me basically you know it's related i'm relating all these things i'm part of it and um, so startup studio you know not startup studio is that uh, we are a group of entrepreneurs who are building startups together and sharing resources so i'm a co-founder of that you know and i help uh, and support uh, our team as much as i can Uh, And Gaurai is one of our projects which I'm leading, you know, so this project is related to agricultural drones and spraying pesticides We'll get there in in a minute, but um, my other passion and uh, you know my this is probably the career that I'm doing the longest because I've been acting for more than 10 years now. You know, so I, since I graduated, I was studying acting, you know, and uh, it's quite a long journey and it's going to be my lifelong journey, I hope, because I I just love to do it. Right. Um, And till now I was doing mostly theater plays. You know, I'm really into theater. I like to perform in the theater. I like the lifestyle of being with theater actors. There's some uh, magic that, you know, can be replicated. But one thing is what I've mentioned before is that, okay, theater play, it dies, you know, after it's finished, it's finished. Uh, and sometimes it's difficult to tell someone if I meet new people in my life, you know, oh, I'm a theater actor, but they don't know how or good. Well, I'm they haven't bad. seen it, it, exactly. right? so, it was so it's the same for me. It's difficult to to bring it out to the world, you know, for a larger audience. And uh, in the cities like Bangkok, where the ecosystem is very small, there is no much movement, there is no much critique, there is not my many things happening. Right. So it kind of becomes not, I, I don't want to use this word pointless, but it's, it's a bit uh, overwhelming, you know, it's tiring, uh, even though I love the process. So last year I had an opportunity uh, actually to work with uh, one theater director who also wanted to make a movie. And we had a chat and we said, let's do it. It was COVID, the the middle of the pandemic, lockdowns and everything, you know. And it's <laughs> exactly like the best one time year to make a movie since we had the idea. Right. And now we have a film, and uh, it's finished, and we are uh, applying to film festivals. Recently, we applied to Venice it? Film Festival. Um, the film, the director's cut, is one hour forty-five minutes. Okay. So it's a full feature film. Filmed how in Bangkok.
0: How many actors or actresses? Mm,
1: quite quite a few actually i could tell you that we have a team that comes from more than 10 different countries from actors to the crew so what is incredible we managed in the middle of pandemic we managed to gather people from all over the world who are based in bangkok or outside of bangkok you know in france in italy who helped and support on making a movie our musician and uh, Uh, composer is based in Italy. Our scriptwriter is in France. You know, our team in Bangkok comes from from Thailand, from Lithuania, from Canada, from Argentina, Cameroon, uh, you know, you name it. Like we have people from all over the place, Canada, States, Italy, uh, Russia, Ukraine, you know, like it's all ensemble of people that comes from so many different countries. And, you know, during pandemic, we had restrictions. Because we have lockdown, you can't do it. So it was very difficult to plan the whole process. Uh, but thankfully, uh, people were supportive, and you know we had to pull many strings. But we were ha- like lucky with support from people who come, let's say, from tech industry. Right. I was filming in, in the innovation center, which I work <laughs> with. You right. know, so because it was empty and and during that time.
0: But what kind of cameras did you shoot with?
1: Uh, so I think that was Blackmagic. Oh, really good cameras. Yes. How many
0: cameras did you shoot with?
1: Uh, so like we had like uh, one, one major camera, you know, but like every scene we shot like through a few different angles, you know, so through a few different shots so to, to kind of have secure and nice imagery.
0: Wow. Is there some kind of... So I want to get back to this, right? Because you said theater, it's almost like what's the point? It almost feels like you're performing in a vacuum. Right, And I feel like it's the same thing. I don't want to make a direct equivalency. But I feel like sometimes, and tell me you don't have this feeling with Gaudi sometimes, particularly at the beginning, that you're just operating in a vacuum. You know what I mean? That no one knows about it. It's In a way, it's really similar, right? Your team has a bunch of people that are trying to accomplish something. Now, you want it to last longer term, although a film never goes away. Right? Yeah,
1: that's the magic of the film that, you know, it, well, it is forever. It is there so forever, right? It's also a, a very big pressure, you know, because especially when you we were making more like artistic film, you know, it's like a statement film, the director's piece, you know? Right. So it's not for everyone. And it was like uh, inspired by Pier Paolo Pasolini, who... Who is known for very shocking, shocking type of films, you know? So we had quite explicit scenes, you know, killing, sex, uh, violence, and 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 you know dialogues. It's not for children, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Even though now we have one more uh, commercial cut, you know, we, we we just created a more commercial cut, more more clean, more uh, you know faster pace. But um, yeah, so that's something that uh, you know that that continued. But related to the startup is that you're right. Uh, the startups that we see, let's say, that are successful, right. it could be the fifth, the tenth, a tenth of the same group of people, you know. And they're exactly. being built in that vacuum, you know. You exactly. build it, you, you might be working for a few years on the project, and it never sees the daylight, you know. It's it's, it's crushing. It's a very difficult process, and uh, not many
0: people are being able to cope with it, you know. So I was listening to, again, to Mark Maron. I don't listen to him a lot, but every now and then he's got somebody really interesting on it. I think he had this guy on called Guy Torrey. Guy's a, a black stand-up comic from somewhere in the middle of America. And he started this thing at, oh God, some comedy club. What's it called? Uh, some very famous comedy club. whose name just escapes me right now. Um, <clears throat> in LA. And he created this thing called Fat Tuesday. So that black comedians had a place to perform. You want to talk about working in a vacuum. For 13 years... He's been working on kind of a three-part documentary or film to tell this story of the origin, the building, and the death of Fat Tuesdays. That's Fat P-H-A-T, yeah, Fat Tuesday. Mm. And that night, it was only black comics and black comedians. It's a pretty incredible story, right? At the comedy club, I don't know. I'll figure it out. I'll put it in the show notes. But the point is that for 12 of those 13 years before it came out, again, operating in a vacuum, yeah, and it's the same thing. And I think you're right. You work together with the same team of people for a long time. You try this, you try that, you try something else. And I always say, like, you're an overnight success 10 years later.
1: Yeah, it it, it takes time to build it up, you know. And it does, i, I, I I'm, I'm also still on, on the way, you know. Right. And it's... Um, I, but it's basically... Uh, what helps me is to understand that this, this is not my goal to be famous. My goal is to... Uh, improve my skill you know i love that art so i'm not kind of attached to to making a huge success but it it, and it helps me to free myself you know i could make more uh, daring choices i can be more creative in the process because i don't have pressure from myself on that topic
0: but then doesn't it inform what you build from a business perspective as well there's got to be something to learn there that says if I'm willing to take the risk over here because my goal is not to become famous, mm. the fame and the notoriety is probably the wrong word, but when people notice it, it's because I've taken risks and over time those risks have paid off, right? So that the, the, the things that I've created in film, in theater are so good that they can't be ignored. And isn't that the same thing that you're doing at Galra? I think Look, like, like it's, it's not called mm. Mattis's drone company. It could be, but it's not, yeah. Sorry, go ahead.
1: No, no, I I I get your point and uh, that's I think, you know, working in startup <coughs> incubation and acceleration and and building uh, our own companies is that it is so important to figure out the big issue you know, that would give you that passion and drive to solve. So I think this is where the gaurai comes in the place, you know, and uh, and, uh, the the thing that you've mentioned is that it's not about just making business. You know, of course, every business has to be business. It has to be profitable and grow. And that's the purpose, you know, and I believe in that, you know. uh, But why not to make a business that could help people? Yeah. you know and knowing these big global issues right now like uh, rapid urbanization people are moving into the cities more and more uh population is growing you know by 2050 we might have up to 10 billion people in the planet so if you think about scale of things and and the, how fast it, it it goes who is gonna feed us you know where are we gonna get the food quality food you know right. and everything so when i was start uh, start to Research these topics, you know, and I was looking into the technologies that could help to solve um, I found this niche, you know, where uh, We need to eat crops. We need to eat uh, rice uh, corn, you know uh, other things and uh, All of them are being sprayed by pesticide because that's a thing, you know uh, crops need protection crop needs to be taken care of so, uh, you know, I was looking into the process, I was trying to see how people are doing it, and I find out that many people get really sick of, of doing it in the bad way. You know, people use backpacks, and they spray all day, every day, they get cancer, they get uh, allergies, you know, their, their families are suffering, you know, and then I saw these things flying in the sky. Not UFOs, but, <laughs> but, but you know, um, I saw drones and I started to do more research, you know, and uh, you can spray pesticides with drone. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. You know, that's very, very uh, cool looking thing. And, you know, long story short is that now when I go to visit farmers, you know, myself, like l- last and I went to Rayong um, here in Thailand where we have our pilot base. Um, and I see this older farmer guy, maybe 60s or early 70s, you know, and he's like standing and seeing the drone for the first time spraying his field. And he's like, wow, so good, you know, (laughs) so fast. And I'm like, that's what I need. You know, this is that the smile on the farmer's uh, face pays uh, pays us, you know, and uh, understanding that There is perception that, oh, you know, farmers are not capable to put technology. It's difficult for them to understand. Well, it is. But if you show them and give them to try, there is very easy for them to take it in, you know.
0: So it's funny for me, right, that farmers are given this sort of bad rap about, like, they won't understand this or that. But then take a banker and try to have him farm something.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Everyone knows their own... You know what I mean? You know know what I mean? (laughs) And
0: the farmer's probably making fun of the banker the same way. Like, that dude only knows banking kind of thing. Right? Yeah,
1: yeah. And, uh, (coughs) you know, and and everyone hopefully loves their thing, you know, but uh, I I really see that farmers have a special relationship with with soil, with with crops. They really do have that emotional attachment, you know, and and cultural, and, and it's a very strong feeling that they, you know, have.
0: I remember when I took my motorcycle license, the guy who was teaching me how to ride, I had to go to school in Japan to do this, he was a motorcycle policeman. And that dude didn't ride a motorcycle. Hmm. He was one with the motorcycle. <laughs> Do you ride? You ride, right? Yeah. yeah, I, I, Are you
1: good? I, I hope so, you know, till now. Like, I, I, try, to, I try to improve, you know. I, I always try to improve. Because I, I, this is a dangerous thing, you know, yeah. especially in Bangkok. So oh. it's kind of, I try to improve all the time. This guy
0: like there was no separation between the movement in his body and the movement of the motorcycle, right? So I was watching, trying to learn that thing. I think it just takes time. But I think the farmers are the same way with the land. They're one with the land. They can feel it. They know it. They don't have to test everything necessarily. They should, but there's certain things they can feel because they're one with it. And I always think about that in the context of my motorcycle riding. You know, I was a, um, when I was in college, one of my summer jobs was spraying pest control. All right. So I had one of those backpacks with Mm. the case in it. And I did it for like a week or so. And I sprayed like around people's houses for termites and other bugs and stuff. And I realized like a week in, this is going to kill me. Yeah, right. I really (laughs) did though. Like nobody told me, but I was like, I could just tell from the breathing, this is bad. So to be able to separate that... (laughs) It's just a good thing that's what the, that's part of what the smile is man.
1: and yeah, exactly for me um this is the main purpose of technology you know we abuse technology sometimes in in the bad ways you know <laughs> we people created uh, social media uh, like internet many many things many great technologies that are being abused you know and, yeah. and used for just so vain and, and stupid things right. well like actually you know there is also very good applications for these things so same with drones you know like they can help and i think the future in general in drones is so massive you know because you can do many other things from delivery to security to uh, lifting to traveling uh, and uh, you know and also agriculture
0: yeah i mean aren't drones the flying cars we've always wanted at some level
1: not yet but maybe
0: but they could be though could right be, yeah because there's so much safer than like a car that looks like an airplane and looks like a car at the same time which is kind of ridiculous I yes
1: know. I think we are on the way up I think uh yeah the the bad like not the bad side but the the reality of the drone technology is still that it, it's in its early days Sure, it's in know? its infancy so so uh it will take some time but where how fast it is scaling and where it's going and the the, the applications for it is incredible So and you know our job is basically to bring that technology to the guys who have never seen it before, right? And 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 make them try because once they try, there there's no argument. It's faster, it's better. They save uh, chemicals as well. You need much less chemical when you spray with the drone, you know. So it's better for soil. It's better for crop. But it's just uh, it's not also instant effect. You can see how it sprays, but crop while it grows, it takes time. So to see the actual yield and stuff like that, it takes some time, but I think we are already in this space for almost three years and we can see the very positive results. And recently we, decided to scale even further because we started as a matching platform right but right, right. currently we are building our own fleet of drones so we have our own equipment our own trained pilots and you know really focusing on customer service and which pays off
0: this is a better idea though right
1: i think they I are think. both uh, compatible you know because uh, to scale the fleet I- I- it's slower you know to, <coughs> to help people to connect and find job for a freelancer pilot is is much more scalable and in a sense from the startup perspective but i think both are compatible and it helps to learn and improve the process Uh, and recently we started to work with with the corporates um in in thailand as well so one of our current clients like taiwa you know who are very well um innovating in agritech space you know uh, and and they're using various technologies to improve the livelihood of their farmers and which is their the impact that we want to do we what is
0: what is taiwa what kind of business are they in?
1: Oh uh taiwa is uh cassava related company so they grow uh, they they produce uh, cassava products and they work with a lot of um contract farmers you know who are growing cassava for them got it but as as the corporate attitude what i've noticed you know because we've been working with quite a few i i like to work with the corporates that are not only looking for profit, but actually taking care of their farmers, you know, and and help them to educate in in the better processes and more efficient ways of doing things. And uh, as the end consumer, which is me, you know, I was never like into agriculture before you know but i i was more <laughs> but, concerned as end consumer but you know, how could you not I be
0: eat? into agriculture you eat every day yeah, but a exactly, lot of that food you know, is vegetables and fruit when you right?
1: think about it yes but you know you never think about growing it so maybe i i was always <laughs> like the end, end consumer you know but then one day i i was eating rice and i was thinking do i know where it comes from no <laughs> what, what what has been done to that rice till it come to my plate you know right. what what journey did it travel and what on?
0: happened to the guy and the gal that grew that rice? exactly you right. know
1: so it's so difficult to trace it um and and to really understand what you're eating and you know now to be a small part of that puzzle it's quite cool you know to understand the whole supply chain and uh uh, the potential, you know, because the, the the technology is is there to 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 start improving this. It's just a, a matter of people who will take it in, you know.
0: And isn't this one of the cool things about building a company like this? Is that you're really involved in something that has real impact? Do you know what I mean? Like, and you can see it and feel it. So you go down to the farm in Rayong. And you can see the happiness of the guy who no longer has to either employ somebody or do it himself and carry around that backpack that sprays stuff that's clearly gonna make him or somebody else sick. But more than that, you now see that the rice that ends up on your plate actually came from some plot of farmland that someone's probably been working for three generations.
1: I, or ex- more exactly and i think you know uh of course it's gonna take some time but if we're thinking about the whole supply chain and added value products you know starting to trace starting to trace what type of chemicals farmers are using how yeah. much of them are they using yeah. what is that performance of the chemical because now we can collect uh, connect satellites as well surveillance drones so we can really trace uh the impact of each
0: product you can know? the drone do two things at once I know it sounds like a silly uh, question, but you know what I mean? Like actually surveil where it is while it's still spraying.
1: So we normally use two different types of drones because agricultural drones cannot fly that high Got it. yet, you know, so that and it's different regulation and you can just lift up the surveillance drone to to scan it depends on what type of software you're using but you can see pretty cool things you know you can detect uh, damaged crops you can see the growth you can predict yield you know so there's a lot of cool things happening and you know th- this is from the kind of seed from the planting stage you can start tracking you can track what type of Uh, products farmers are using and how does it affect the crop and how does it affect the yield and then you can trace it back to the you know uh, factory and brands who are basically selling consumer products could add that added value to their brands you know let's say our rice or our you know I don't know corn products are being tracked from the day one from the day zero and uh, as a consumer I would trust that product much more i would be more thrilled to eat that type of product i could meet the farmer you know
0: well so there was a store in tokyo called the natural store it was meant to be all this organic food right and one of the neat things about it you know this is back in the late 90s and early 2000s they would literally put a picture of like farmer you know ohara-san or tanaka-san with like his little thing with the hat on and say like he grew these cucumbers no, I thought it would have been cool if that guy actually came into the store so you could meet him. But it was the same idea. You know, and back then, technology wasn't as advanced as it is today, so you couldn't make the real, like, visceral connection. But you could do some pretty interesting things actually, connecting people directly with the supplier for the food that they eat, it would be really cool.
1: And that—that that is basically, you know, uh, agri-tech is such a huge space. You know, our own vision is that, yes, we start from drone technology, you know, we want to help on this aspect and we want to scale this and we want to not only uh, educate farmer about this technology, but also train them how to start using smartphone for booking services. While uh, once they're gonna have the habit of doing farming with a smartphone we can add many more things you know we can uh, think about insurance we can think about microfinancing and improving their livelihood Uh, also e-commerce space buying better products we can suggest products because of the data sure Sure, sure. you know it's not about being pushy on on something that is in the marketplace but we can uh, suggest product because of their uh, better issue. higher yields cleaner I, exactly, product exactly you organic, know like a, as a farmer stuff, right? you could uh, eventually upload a photo of, the, of your crop and AI could recognize what is the issue and we could start suggesting uh, what type of product you should use to prevent the further damage you I know? mean you
0: could do think about this you could take all of your acting and theater and movie making experience right all of your startup building and incubation experience and create a community of farmers that produce content that's fun for them, right? But also informative for consumers. Consumers, when did I stop being able to speak English? (laughs) And just create all this great content around farming and then create this relationship and community with people around that information It would be kinda cool. (laughs) you know for me it's like like this week in farming kind of thing i don't know
1: if if i'm thinking about the future in general um, i'm still on the positive side even though things that happening right now let's say in in close to my country is scary scary and you know please support everyone who can ukraine sorry for the interruption but (laughs) <laughs> uh, you know, in any means, if you can, you're not a, you're not help. asking
0: for genocide. You're asking to stop genocide. Exactly. So that I, seems I, fair I, to I, me.
1: I I really um I'm, I'm I'm very concerned, and I try to do as much as I can. I understand. Can. Um, but if if I'm still thinking in the larger scale future and everything that's gonna come up to to the whole world to our society, and um, I do believe that that. Technology is one of the key aspects that will help us to thrive, you know, and if farmers would be kind of helped to change that hard labor work with the technology, then they can focus on building content. They can focus on adding value, on on building community, you know, and...
0: and But it should flow down to them, right? So in the United States, there's ADM, Archer Daniels Midlands, one of the biggest farming companies in the world, right? But what you're doing is helping smallholder farmers, which is really interesting in a way, right? Because then they also create the kind, makes their lives easier and better, right? If you get back to the thing you said where if technology is used not to create Facebook, but to make people's lives better, and we can go to Ukraine for this too. See, in the old days, in, the, in World War One, and World War II, and in, even in the Vietnam War, right? Just getting the information back to people that cared about it could take weeks or months. Now we know in real time when mass amounts of people are getting killed for no reason. In a way, it's good that we can know so fast so we can react faster in a way that's positive. And we can talk about the farmers too in the same way, yeah? If we can automate parts of their lives to make their lives better, then we can share their life experiences as well in a way that makes us feel closer to them. That would be super cool, no? Uh,
1: Exactly. And I think, you know, with with situations of like... Uh, fake news and everything and the amount of information people are getting in every day they do get to see that what you 've mentioned, but they also tend to forget it much faster so this is scary but that 's another topic i think for 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 let's say farming agriculture or all the manual work is that I hope soon we can prosper much more people can focus on their family more people can focus more on you know better quality life rather than than suffering uh, unnecessary torturous work you know some of it is good i don't say that you know doing things by hand is bad but some of it could be improved you yeah. know and
0: yeah and i mean i think those are the big benefits of technology why don't we end here that was awesome why don't we do this more often
1: let's do agriculture uh podcast whenever
0: we? you want man <laughs> whenever you want we should get some of the thai farmers in here to do it as well Matias, I'm gonna get it wrong again. Daniel Lavichus.
1: Daniel Avichus. That was yeah. pretty good though. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty close. I think a few more podcasts and you will be I'll interested. be
0: getting <laughs> <It's good. laughs> I'll be having it. Thanks again for doing this.
1: Yeah, no, uh, it's really really a big pleasure to be here and thanks for having me again and see you soon.